Hello lifers, uh, welcome to this podcast. I'm not really in my good space to start this conversation mm-hmm. because at the time of this recording, it's uh, quite late. Then I'm just finishing my radio program and Ephraim runs into me and says, I'm here, we have to record. Like the door opens and he just walks in and says, we have to get into this podcast. And I'm asking him, so really I'm not in my good space. He says, we have to do it. Uh, Ephraim, first, before I even say how are you, <laughs> I, I want to acknowledge your drive to get things done. Thank you for appreciating my drive. <laughs> but I think more than anything, it's when you understand what it takes to be successful at anything, you understand sometimes it's not about how you feel. Mm. And actually, I learned it from you, by the way. What is that? What was the lesson? No, I learned it from you. Um, as much as you're taking this moment to vent to our listeners, to the lifers, and, and just complain about me, um, what I learned from you is you can do significantly more than what you think. When you think you're at your limit, that's when you're just getting started. It's kind of like doing push-ups, right? Mm-hmm. When you start and you're like, I'm going to do 50 push-ups, and you get to like 30, you're like, oh my God, I'm almost, I can't breathe. But if you told yourself, I need to get to 70, you would get to 50 easily. It's just a psychological thing where we think we cre- our mind creates limits for us. I don't know why we're conditioned like that. So it's the same thing. I learned it from you. Like, I'll see what you do. You're like a superhuman, right? You go wake up in the morning, do Kigali in the morning. Then you, you in the evening, like this week, you've been doing uh, drive time um, up until 8 p.m. And then I'm coming here to bother you. And by the way, this is not the first time I've bothered you in the evening, where we are here in studio late. We did this as well on uh, Monday, right? Mm. Yeah, Monday night. So, I mean, and it's you who's like, yeah, 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 come through. Even what you told me, how we got to this point is you told me, uh, Ephraim, uh, this is when I'm available. We do it in the evening. I'm like, sure. And so I was also, I wanted to go home and I'm hearing your voice on the radio. I'm like, I need to go. But, you know, some people have warned me that uh, at one point, my body will push me to, to go rest. Is that a problem? When my body pushes me to, I think they're just, you know, coining words to mean yeah, to, take care of yourself. Okay, but let's be honest. If your body tells you you need to go rest, you rest. But if your body's not telling you to go rest, why are you going to rest? <laughs> it's like if you go a car and go, man, guy. Like it's, is, is that to also say that you only should sleep when your body is asking you to go to sleep? No. But as you become, you will see, we'll talk about it when we talk about leadership in general. Mm. But let's talk about self-leadership, and that's the topic of today. But one of the essentials of self-leadership is self-awareness. You just need to be aware. And self-awareness is not just about spatial awareness. and I mean self-awareness, but it's also about spatial awareness and physical awareness and all these aspects of awareness. And one of these aspects of awareness is also just knowing your body. So right now I can I I I feel a cold coming on, I feel it. Sorry, yeah, but it's okay. I'm a hard guy. I'll figure it out. Yeah, um, I'll work it out of my system. You know, I'll I either decide to allow it to throw me down and I become bedridden, or I hit it head on. So I go and take tangawizi. What tonight? I'm gonna like drink like onion onion soup, you know, like where you cut up fresh onions and you put in hot water and then you drink that soup and eat the onions and then cover yourself in bed and then you sleep. I'll wake up tomorrow, probably be okay. I'll do some sports, like a few push-ups and run a bit. That should get me out of this state, right? Now, part of that is also knowing your body. 
So you'll know when your body is crashing and burning. You can feel it coming on. Actually, if it's, if it's that which they call self-awareness, I think I started to realize I'm adding weight. And it's not a surprise when I meet people and they tell me, oops, you've added weight. Uh-huh. What do you think I is the cause? I can feel it when I wake up. I can feel it when I'm trying to get off the chair <laughs> that I've added some weight. I feel like my body is actually heavy mm-hmm. and I need to shed off. You are, you are embracing your uncle prosperity energy by becoming... Uh, I don't know if it's the money or... <laughs> <laughs> do you think someone can gain weight in poverty? <laughs> like, you tell me... Well, some... Sometimes when I'm stressed, I actually gain weight. That's not... That's not the point the point is have you ever seen anybody gain weight in, in in poverty most people who gain weight yes they may be stressed but they're the comforts there's enough food to gain weight from let's get to serious business uh-huh. so Ephraim, when it comes to being your own boss or you own your business or it's you that runs the show i'd like you to talk to me about how you would get to keep yourself on track and be motivated to have the results or the target which is set for the business or for an adventure mm-hmm. met. So, what is so when you when you were to define exactly what you've just said in in a few words mm-hmm. or in one word, would call it success. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what you're asking me is, as a business owner, how do you attain success? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a saying that says that um, empires rise and fall on the back on the back of leaders, on the backs of leaders. Mm-hmm. So the quality of 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 leadership determines the direction or the, the 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 level of success anything attains. Right? Any success you will see as an individual in your life is directly linked to the quality of your self leadership how you lead yourself. But you know, we have been told leadership, there must, with leadership, there must be followers. So I'd like to see how an individual like me lead myself, then who is following it's and your, who is leading. Yeah, so you're leading yourself. So that means, that means if, you're, you're if you are leading yourself, yourself, you are the leader and self is the follower. So you are leading yourself. You get? Now, in what sense? I, I posted on social media how talking to yourself is not crazy. And I did a very interesting edit and people really loved it. So it's me on a couch talking to myself. So it's two of me in, in real time talking to myself. And what does that, what was the, what, what did that, what, did I, what was I trying to communicate to, 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 to lifers? I was trying to say, hey, look, talking to yourself is absolutely crucial because whether we like it or not, in our minds, there's always a dichotomy. There are two of us. Mm-hmm. There's the, there's, the, there's the part that knows what we need to do to become what we want to become. And there's the side that is always fighting that. So we sabotage ourselves. Um, procrastination, um, um, laziness, um, dishonesty. So delulu, as we call it, delusion, where you lie to yourself about who you who you are, where you want to go, what you, where, you're, where you are in terms of circumstances. So, for example, do you need to upskill? Do you, are you adequate with the skills level? Are you a good person? Are you an adequate salesperson? There's somebody I was interacting with recently, and this person believes. Actually, it's two people, but these are two separate s- scenarios. Th- these are two individuals who genuinely believe they're the best salespeople in the world. Mm. But results speak louder than 
than words. You know, numbers don't lie. Mm. And their numbers are abysmal. They believe they can sell sand to uh, an Arabian, someone in the desert. They believe they can sell ice to an Eskimo, you know. But when you look at what they do, you find that they're off. And that comes from this whole aspect of delusion, right? Now, we all have that side of us that's fighting what we need to do. There's that when you when you go to the gym and you're working out, or let me take exercise and you're doing something hard, you're pushing yourself because that's where the results come from, right? There's something in you that's fighting it. And the people who become truly successful are the people that conquer self. Let me give you a, another scenario, and I'm gonna talk about it now from a just a general standpoint. They talk about men. Let's talk about men. We're men, right? And we talk about the three G's that bring down any man, any man, sorry. Um, Some men suffer from both. I mean, all. Some suffer from two of the three. Some suffer from one. And then there are these what we call alpha males who have transcended all three and are at the peak. And these are the most effective men in society. What are the three G's? You have gold, you have girls, and you have glory. The love of money can bring down a man. The love of women can bring down a man or the love of sensual pleasure, right? So it could be a man who's also into other men, but that also becomes his downfall. Or the, the, the pride that comes from glory, wanting to be great and you want to be respected and you find that that now causes clashes, that can also bring down men. Mm. And the, the truly successful men who go on to achieve great things or find success in their lives, as per their own definition, right? They have conquered all three. And that conquering of all three stems from this whole aspect of self-leadership, where they fought what their body desires. Using scripture, Apostle Paul says, the, 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 the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That is two separate existences. So when I talk about self-leadership, it's the the spirit that wants to do good, the the Jesse who wants to be successful, who wants to be like, I'm going to work 14 hours every day, sleep six, be healthy, go to the gym, exercise, eat right, check up on my friends, be a social bug, manage my life well. There's that Jesse. That's the leader. Then there's the Jesse who just wants to spend a little extra few minutes in bed. There's a Jesse who wants to uh, spend a little bit more money than he wants to. Mm-hmm. That's who's being led. So I, what I keep saying is that as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to lead the, the, the entrepreneur who, who listens to, to us on this podcast and picks up this knowledge and is like, I want to make my life better. I want to make my business better. Is the one who's going to lead the one who actually goes and makes the mistakes and is haphazard and self-sabotages. In self-leadership, there's an aspect of uh, conquering the element of time. Mm-hmm. You are in control of the time and time has not controlled you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like us to talk about the struggle between the balancing of the work mm-hmm. and the life as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You want to live in both sides of the world. How do you manage well, I know you try. <laughs> do I? Wow. I take that as <laughs> okay, a very I big think, compliment. I think you actually do try. Maybe because mm. you're better than me mm-hmm. in trying to conquer and manage your time. Uh, but to help somebody to listen to us, how do you manage time effectively as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur? Okay. So I'm not going to give you 5 a.m. club 
nonsense. Okay, it's not nonsense, but I'm not going to give you 5 a.m. club content here. Mm. I'm going to be very practical. First of all, to the lifers who are listening, I am not the golden standard, as Jesse's trying to imply, when it comes to time management. I actually feel like I suck at it. No, the pressure you put on me to do things on time? Because, because again, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm selfish. So, I want you to move according to my schedule. <laughs> so, I put you under pressure. But I'll be honest with you, like, there's always room for improvement. I feel like there's so much more I could do better. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm really struggling with is doom scrolling, but I've conquered it. Okay, I can't say I've conquered it, but I have pockets where I forget and I find myself on my phone at the wrong time and I'm losing time and I'll grab the phone, put it on Don't Disturb and throw it somewhere mm-hmm. and I don't even know where I put it. And so what I've done is I've tried to find practical hacks. Let me give you a simple example of a practical hack. I do not like to move around in a car. Mm. I, I hate it because I lose so much time moving from one place to the other. So what I like to do is I will go to one place and I'll look for people to come there. Mm-hmm. If you need to meet me, let's meet here. So I can sit uninterrupted and work. Sometimes what I do, if it's extreme and I have to move around, I have a driver so that I can sit in the car, open my laptop and work. And for me, that's so that I can maximize as much time as I can. And that's something that I learned when somebody was trying to explain what what is the purpose? Why do wealthy people, what do wealthy people pursue? Is it money that they're pursuing? And it's actually no, money is a tool that they view. For what? It buys them more time. So uh, some, somebody who has a nine to five job, who is not his own boss, he has to be at work nine to five. Mm-hmm. And so he has ransomed his time for money. But someone who goes on to start a business, yes, he will struggle in the first couple of years, but if he does it well, he'll be using other people's time and other people's money to grow himself. So he'll be earning income even if he doesn't have to go to an office. And so by, by virtue of making that money, he gets more time. So for me, the hack is, how can I remove the waste? How can I remove the waste? Mm-hmm. Moving in cars, driving myself, um, doom scrolling, phones, huge waste, lack of a, a timetable, a schedule, a things to do list in the day can really waste your time. So when you know what you need to do, blah, 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 you can organize it and organize your day. And you say, and then also learn how to create boundaries. Say no. Somebody will be like, oh, can we catch up for coffee? you know it's a hectic week. You know you're going to be under pressure during the meeting. By the way, you can even be in the meeting and the, no one is calling you, but there's something that's lingering that's waiting for you. Say no to the person and you tell them, I'm really sorry, I have this deadline, can we reschedule? Put it into your calendar and have it there. Check your calendar a day before so that you know what's coming up. So I'm saying these are just practical hacks. For me, that has helped me with time management. Another thing that I've also looked at is Look for waste time and maximize it. What do I mean by that? I like to work late. And some of you are like, what? I'm like, that thing for me, once everybody has, everything has quieted off and everybody's out of the way, I like to take that time, two hours, work on it. Some people prefer to do that early in the morning. I used to be that person, but I think time doesn't allow. Or you wake up early in the morning, 3 a.m., 4, and you work up until six, seven before anybody else wakes up. You have that chunk of three hours and you do the important work that needs that focus and time. Then the rest is high touch. Those are the ways you just crack the system of time. It's living entrepreneurship by salting. 
I'm speaking here with my co-host, uh, Ephraim mm-hmm. Romwenke. We are doing everything possible to make sure that uh, this conversation, of course, speaks to you. It's on uh, self-leadership as an entrepreneur. Mm. When we return after the break, I'd like us to get into the aspect of uh, so many of my colleagues keep telling me, I think with your work rate and the responsibilities that you have mm-hmm. at hand, you might need to get a personal assistant. Is it a luxury, a waste of money, or is it a critical element that every entrepreneur can cost? A personal assistant, yeah. A personal assistant. Let's come back after this break. Welcome back to Living Entrepreneurship by Soji. My name is Jesse and I am with Ephraim who chose that we should have this conversation. You can hear it in my voice that I am not at my best, but uh, Jesse. when he brought in the element of self-leadership, <laughs> I said, yes, let me lead myself to the microphone. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh-huh. So, uh, is it a waste of time mm-hmm. or money or is it a luxury mm-hmm. when an entrepreneur, especially us, it's not that we're seasoned entrepreneurs. We just have some resources to throw here and there. Uh, would it be because we're struggling with how we manage our time and our responsibilities and reaching our goals? Would it be a luxury or is it a wise thing? The same way you would say, I need a diary. Mm-hmm to have a personal assistant mm-hmm. or is it for seasoned too busy too wealthy entrepreneurs that should be having mm-hmm. this aspect so i'm 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 going to ask you what you think but before i ask you what you think on that matter um i want you to first answer me do you think that an entrepreneur has to be busy to be to make money in your opinion do you think busyness is a reflection of productivity? No. Mm-hmm. I know some busybodies mm-hmm. that have no result at all. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But and I also know of the element of working smart. Okay. And then, but do you think an entrepreneur, there's an entrepreneur who exists in this world who is starting out, who can work smart as you call it? Do you think, think it's a reality? Like someone no, can actually have. I don't think have... it is because you're figuring out how to become smart. I think smartness in how you do business is something that you do not achieve in the short term. Uh-huh. And so, what you do, okay, you don't believe you achieve it in the short term. Please elaborate. Uh, because one, you need to have your fingers mm-hmm. on almost all things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's trial and error. Mm-hmm. So you're the accountant, you're marketing, you're you HR, you what? Yeah. are fearful to delegate mm-hmm. because if you're trying out, you do not know the result. You don't have enough resources to hire experts. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm trying out the thing if it works out with the knowledge that you know within the circles of influence that you have. Mm-hmm. Now, coming back now to the the gradual working smart aspect, where do you think an assistant fits into that picture? Do you think it's necessary at the beginning, at the end, in the middle? At what point do you think, and at, do you think it's necessary at all? Individually, yeah. This is why I have failed to consider the aspect of a personal assistant. Mm. One, they would become like a student taking away more time. First you have to teach them, yeah. Because 
I'll need to teach them my trade mm-hmm. and what I expect mm-hmm. of my trade for them to understand how to speak to someone if they approach them because I am very sure if I got a personal assistant today, they would not be able to speak the same language that I would use to speak to my prospect client. The okay. chances that I would lose that client mm-hmm. are very high. Okay. And so now the question I would ask is, beyond front-facing with customers, are there tasks you think you can delegate to an assistant? There could be. That are uh, safe, quote-unquote. Secretarial. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it documents together, where is the stamp, mm-hmm. booking an appointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now I, I'm, I, I'm asking you this because I'm a firm believer that um, even human resource is an asset. Mm-hmm. And I posted something on, on, on Instagram and TikTok and I think even Facebook where I talked about profitability and how you can achieve profitability. And I talked about disposing of, of assets. And actually a very good friend of mine, um, Nikki uh, from Imagine We, hits me up and she's like, man, I really love this. Um, shout out to Nikki, by the way. She's like, I really love this. Uh, how, I, I, for me, I struggle with how to dispose of the human asset, the human capital. Mm. When I have an unproductive asset in the form of an employee, it's very hard for me to get rid of them. So we just went on in a conversation about the emotional aspect and the sentiment associated with, 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 with staff and hiring as entrepreneurs. Now, I'm bringing this up because every aspect that you add to your life, if you want to truly be effective, and we're talking about self-leadership here, you have to hold yourself accountable towards whether you have waste in your life from your financial from financial waste to human waste to even just personal waste are you wasting time are you wasting life are you wasting experiences opportunities are you wasting and so the question i'm coming back to with this is when you add an assistant are you anticipating the assistant to add value or you're just looking for somebody to to offload certain things to and so what do i mean by that for me, I genuinely believe that an assistant can benefit an entrepreneur who's ready for an assistant. It's like how you cannot benefit from a psychiatrist if you're not ready for a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Like as a couple, like if you and your couple, one, you and your significant answer, a significant other, are to go for marriage counseling. If you don't want it, if you're not ready for it, it won't benefit you. It will be a waste. And so the same thing happens with an assistant, right? I'll give you a simple example. I'm at a point in my business career where I think I am I'm working on the right things. I have removed waste. So I have a, a, a quadrant, a window. So I have activities that are important and urgent. I have, okay, so let me give people a bit, of, a bit more clarity, right? So on the x-axis, this is at the bottom, I have urgency, hmm. right? In the first, first part of it, I have urgent. And in the second part, I have not urgent. Then on the y-axis, this is on the side of the left, on the left, right? I have importance. At the top, I have important. At the bottom, I have not important. So what does that mean? There are four four windows. I hope you can visualize this as a life, right? So imagine a window. At the, at the top left, you have activities that are important and urgent, mm-hmm. Right? When you move now to the to the to the right, the top right, you have things that are important but not urgent. Mm. Then we move down. 
at the bottom left at the bottom left window you have things that are important i mean sorry you have things that are not important sorry but are urgent and then when we move now to this other side this is the bottom right you have things that are not important and are not urgent now once you put activities into those windows and i will emphasize you will be, sh- and I'll keep emphasizing, you need to put them into those activities because you'll find sometimes we get so busy, like you said, that people who are so busy, but they're not productive. You find that they are focused on things that are that are imp- not important, but urgent and are under pressure. But these things are not income generating. They're not, they're not necessary. Mm. Now, what is the purpose of me? I'm telling you, like in my life, what is the purpose of an assistant in my life? When they see my activity list for the week, they slot them into those windows for me. That is something that I don't, it's not going to cost me a customer. It's not going to cost me anything. They will share it with me and say, Ephraim, this is what I've done based on the activities I think you want to do for the week. I think these are important. These are not. And then we go through it again. That exercise cannot even take 15 minutes. But what it has done for me is in the week, I am ready to now go and focus on the things that are important and urgent. The stuff that are important when I have free time at the end of the week, I can focus on them. The stuff that are not urgent, that are not important, I forget about them. The stuff that are are are, are are not important but urgent those ones i put i i'm like okay let me oh sorry the ones that are not important but urgent i forget about those ones when the people stress me i'll tell them i'm busy i'm prioritizing i set my boundaries i say no so at that juncture i only need an assistant once a week and so that's an example Mm. so what i'm just trying to say is that you need you need to figure out what are the tasks in your life that you can delegate and hand over. Like right now, if you wanted to go have dinner, you could have it, right? You're not going to cook for yourself. Of course I could have it, whichever I want. Yeah, you could decide if you want to go cook, but at this juncture, you have the luxury of someone you've delegated that work to. So that removes, it's not a stress in your mind anymore. But let me wonder, so if you have the personal assistant and they are running your schedule, looking at things, prioritizing them for you, mm. uh, it's, we're talking about self-leadership. What if your personal assistant thinks that you to meet with your parents or your family is not urgent and you conflict mm-hmm. because you think it is urgent for you to meet your parents on a Wednesday Okay, so and then I'm- she thinks... There are other activities more important. So that's the whole point of having, after she does the, or he does the, the allocation, the prioritization in that window, it, you're supposed to have a discussion and ask them, why did you put my parents in this thing? They say, you know, you met with them last week and you did this and this and this. You have seen your mother three times last week and there is this deadline that is there. I feel like if you went for this, what? And you have a discussion, you're like, but you know, for me, family is more important than anything else. Says, but I'm just telling you, if you spend time with them, on average, you spend close to three hours with them, it's going to take more of your time. Just why don't you focus on just making a call? If you have a good assistant who's worth that, and by the way, they're there. And I'm telling you, like you get a young intern who is at school, LU, wherever, Somebody who is young, vibrant, energetic, but also a free thinker. They will make your life better. They will also help you prioritize. Because again, like I told you, there's the Jesse who wants to succeed and there's the Jesse who wants to sabotage that Jesse. The one, the leader Jesse and the follower Jesse. Mm. And so you find sometimes 
we put in sentiment into some of these things. And I'm not saying neglect your family, but there are sometimes where the rationale would be, it's not a priority. It's the same way, let me give a simple example with money, because money is easier to, to put it into perspective. You have to pay your rent and your sister is getting married. Who do you prioritize? I'd rather rent. It's obvious. Yes, you love your sister. Yes, family comes first. But you just have responsibilities. And so as an entrepreneur to say, no, you've prioritized my meetings over my family. Dude, if you saw your family the whole of last week, if if your family, seeing you spending physical time with your family is going to take away from your ability to run your business where you have people depending on you. If your assistant tells you, just make a phone call. Check up on them. I'm not saying neglect them completely, but find a way to manage your schedule. You do it. Are there successful entrepreneurs who in any way are not structured at all? They exist. They exist. But How those are do they high. maneuver through the ranks of success? They sleep two hours a day, or sometimes they don't sleep at all, and they will crash and burn at the end of the week. They are probably on some form of a drug, be it caffeine, be it cocaine, an actual drug, hard drug. But there are those people who are just ridiculously crazy with no structure. And so the reason why I'm saying that they survive on little sleep is because they find ways to stretch that time. It's about stretching time. Mm. So if you're gonna if you're gonna sleep health, you're gonna live, find that balance even with health. And you're going to try to get good night's sleep. You're going to try to go to the gym, find some work-life balance, have a social life. You need to have structure. But if you're like, I don't care about all those things, social life, I don't care. I, I'm going to sleep in my office. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to be on caffeine and Red Bull and coffee throughout. Such an individual doesn't need structure. What's your position on the play, pay now, play later? Pay now, play later. Yeah. I mean, that's the essence of discipline. That's the essence of delayed gratification. I mean, Jesse, if I told you, um, there's an experiment they did. Let me give that example now before I come to asking you, like giving the real life example. That's if time will allow us. We have just two minutes. Okay, let me do it quickly. Um, They were kids. They put kids in a room, right? And they, by the way, this was a 20-year study. So they, they took these kids, they put them in a room, and then they left them in the room with a cookie. And this is what they told them. They say, if you wait just a few more minutes, like a few minutes, we're going out, we'll come back, we're going to bring you another cookie and ice cream. I think it was that. And they told the kids, just, you just have to wait for us to come back. And so the experiment has left and then they watched the kids. But they said, if you eat the cookie that's on the plate, we're not going to give you the other cookie. So pretty much they were trying to test the delayed gratification. Mm. Now, Best believe there were those kids who waited, they got the ice cream and the second cookie and they were happy. Then there were those who had the cookie and they missed out. Fast forward 20 years later to see the academic success of the two different groups, the ones who delayed who were delayed that gratification and those who, who couldn't wait and got the and, and couldn't resist and they took the cookie that was on the plate. They found that the ones who delayed who, who delayed that gratification turned out more successful in the academic, because these are these were young kids, right? They turned out more successful. Why? Because there's something that comes with delaying your pleasure now and waiting for the future. I'll give you a simple example. It's very easy to take on debt now, 
But the question is, why don't you rather save, manage your expenditure instead of buying that dress that you want or buying that thing that you want or putting the money into something that you know is not going to bring anything back and you put that money into a saving. You buy a plot of land, you buy an asset, you put it into your business and you're like, I'm going to wait. Do you know it took Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, five years before his business generated a, a salary for him? Now Nike is a billion dollar company. Five years. Who would wait five years? He had to work a full-time job to support his wife and kids so that he could wait for the business to grow. He didn't want to take out of the business because he knew that this could be big. His passion was running. But he was an accountant for five years waiting to for his business to become what it could become before he could now start to take from it. Unfortunately, us, we want to start making money even before we our business makes money. And so that's the whole essence of pay now, play later. So you can choose to forfeit sleep and work, mm-hmm. sleep for just two hours or mm-hmm. one hour, mm-hmm. and then play later. Bro, I, if you want me to get go for the Gen Zs at this juncture, I no, can't. No, we shouldn't. Because I've learned tonight <laughs> on how to be structured. I, I hope you have. Though I feel like you're not, you don't have I'm any issues. I'm not yet convinced, but it's the right thing to do. You no, know, it is. It is. I, Jesse, but you're structured. You don't know it, but you are. Well, in one way or another, I find myself working through the structures, but uh, random things keep coming. The mistake I see that you have, the only one that I see, is that when you're working with a group of people, your communication... Le, le, yeah, it's... Yeah. We need to we need to work on that. We need an intervention. <laughs> like with Jesse's peeps, let's, let's get together and we really sit him down. But other than that... You have in your mind a framework and you work within that framework. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Now, if you, if I was you, I would get an assistant who would manage my schedule. So you'd be like, I'm doing this and you say it once. And then they'll make sure that they align it. Then they inform you in advance. They're like, by the way, Jesse, in a few minutes or in an hour's time, you have this appointment. Okay, let's say uh, if a candidate is listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. maybe they can just slide into the DM Mm -hmm. and tell me how they can structure me and manage my schedule. He needs needs one. Full opportunity available. Yeah, and and by the way, again, you'll be surprised. You can learn. I'm now telling to the people who can potentially apply for these jobs, young people. You can learn a lot about leadership, about business, by just being that fly on the wall. Because immediately you become the assistant to to an individual, they have to open up their life to you. And the only way for you to learn from a successful person is to watch them. Yeah, successful people, unfortunately, they'll tell you how to become successful. But when you look at their life, it's contrary to what they've told you. That's the reality. That's why, I, for me, I don't like to read autobiographies. I like to read biographies. The difference is an autobiography is written by the, 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 the person. The author, is the, the author is writing about himself. So he's going to write about himself in a good way. Very few can be honest. But a biography, someone is watching this individual and is like, okay, from what I've observed, this is who this person is. Ephraim, self-leadership on this podcast requires us to use about 30 minutes. Uh-huh. We are in excess by five minutes. Okay, I think we can end it there. So we can end this conversation and maybe... <laughs> Awareness, I like it, I like it, I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll kickstart off from here next time when we return life as It's been a pleasure Absolute. that uh, you have come through to this conversation and uh, share it with uh, those that you truly care about most definitely who are running an entrepreneur or business journey yeah 
from us here at Living Entrepreneurship by Salty, we we'll love you and we wish you only good blessings. You must definitely find us on, on all social media platforms. That's at Salty Africa, S-A-L-T-E-E, Africa. I think you can find Jesse and myself on social media as well. We are there. Anytime, ready and open to speak and share with you all this good information. God bless you again and bye-bye. Mm-hmm.